everyone. This is Beth. And I'm Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. We're here to help you to understand yourselves with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, if you didn't know, guess what? We're on YouTube. So head over there. You can watch this podcast, but we hope that you'll like it and subscribe so you don't miss any new content that we release. Hey, today we're going to be talking about type sevens wings, which are type six and eight. If the concept of wings is new to you, we suggest going and heading back to listen to one, episode 160, where we explain what the Enneagram wings are in more detail. Okay, so let's move into healthy six and kind of like get a feel for what sixes are like. I appreciate this because uh, you're going to spend a moment talking about me at my best. Yes. Thank you. So just tell me how great <laughs> tell, I am. Tell you. Okay, great. Okay, so people um, might be surprised that your sevens um, have a six wing because sevens are the most spontaneous, optimistic. They're ready to go for all the experiences. They're not going to hold back. Well, that doesn't feel safe for the six part of their heart because sixes, they have the fear of fear itself, being without support, guidance, security. They fear being blamed, targeted, alone, and physically abandoned. But they desire to have security, guidance, and support. So one thing to know about sixes is, is that they're very reliable, trustworthy, and they're great troubleshooters. And when you kind of see that in combination with the seven, it's remarkable because sevens sometimes aren't as reliable because they're mm-hmm. always bouncing from one thing to the other. But when they bring that uh, six wing into them, it really is remarkable because they're going to be fun and reliable. They're going to bring up new possibilities, but trustworthy at the same time. And sevens and sixes, man, they are fast thinkers and they can adjust um, at any moment with this troubleshooting mentality. But with the seven in the lead, they're going to be more positive about it versus more fearful. Um, Also, the sixes bring a sense of commitment, loyalty, and being a very faithful friend. Um, And so just realize that the sixes, the underlying everything is this anxiety of, well, what could happen? And, but the sevens are going to bring more of a positive spin to it. So what you're going to see with the healthy six is, oh, I have the courage to actually go and do. And even though I see some of these hindrances, it's going to be okay. Let's take the current, the courageous step to move forward. So I'd love to hear from you guys. How has the six, the committed, the faithful, the dutiful, um, helped ground your type seven while also still being fun and excitable, trying new things um, in in all areas of life. What How has this affected you guys? Actually, even just as you were talking, Beth, I was like, oh, maybe that's also another part of my six wing. So I'm like constantly even having like, I'm introducing myself to new parts of my part six all the time. And one of the parts of seven that I didn't always resonate with was kind of that like fear of commitment. And, you know, I think like I got married pretty young. I've had friends that are lifelong friends. Uh, I don't make a great employee, but I committed to running a business, you know, different things like that. And so I'm like, oh, that maybe that was a six coming out. So six things. I also think it's the part um, that you know, even though it took us almost 20 years, like finally got us to do like our estate planning. Cause you know, when people talk about like the reasons why you should do such things, like I'm, it's very easy for me to buy into all of that, to all the things that could happen if in fact something happens to you and you don't have those things in place, you know? And so that things like that, I'm 
very easily sold to, I think, through that fear mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Marty, what about you? Yeah, I I really, I really love the six swing. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it, it just keeps you out of trouble at times. It can be kind of like a warning <laughs> sign of like, hey, that may not be a good idea. Or, it's interesting. Hey, I have a strong seven wing. I call him El Macordo. He and, doesn't uh, do that. He does not keep me out of trouble <laughs> at all. <laughs> but it's the opposite, right? So yeah, that's right. It y- is the opposite. Your six part does that plenty. Um, but yeah, so Marty, I'd love to hear more about, my dad is a, a seven with a very strong six wing, and I can completely see how the six part of his heart is that warning, though I guess he is married to a six as well, <laughs> that sure. warning system. He's well coached. Be careful, be careful. Yeah. Um, but and how has it kept you out of trouble? Yeah, it's helped me be really responsible. And I think I learned at a young age, like, you had to work hard to get where you wanted to go. Like school was really hard for me. Like I just, I had a learning disability. It was not easy. And my parents too, but that sick side of being like, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to be responsible. Like if you're going to get where you're going to go, like you have to keep your stuff in line. And I think sometimes when I read seven, I was like, I don't always resonate with just completely being so off the wall or spontaneous. I was like, I feel like I'm always up for a really fun, but like comfortably safe adventure. Yeah. Like it's going to be a great way of putting it. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be, we're going to be safe at the same time. So Mm -hmm. it's like that they conflict a lot, but like I see them come through. Yeah. It it gives you that kind of, it seems like that, that sweet balance between positivity and fun and being able to go out and try new things, but also being more measured so that you're not literally bouncing off the walls and not getting things done. So yeah, that's it it can be such a beautiful blend for sure. It's like the work hard, play hard mentality. Yeah. I was like, I always resonate with that. It's like you're gonna mm-hmm. work hard and then you're gonna have fun. Like Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. All right. So Jeff, let's go into the less healthy parts. Yeah, thanks for saving six. this section for me, Beth. I really appreciate it. <laughs> not that this is you're familiar with any of this. Well, as we describe the unhealthy characteristics of the wing six, remember that it does have positive intent and is trying to protect our hearts from being further wounded. And it's doing its best um, and needs you to see its good intentions and to bring the message of Christ's grace and healing. So an unhealthy six wing can express itself in your anxieties, insecurities, dissatisfaction with something or someone hinders you from getting what you want. It can also make you suspicious of others and will test their loyalties to see if they'll meet your needs or avoid them entirely to pursue what you want. When you're preoccupied with your desires, your six wing will try to predict anything that might get in the way of obtaining them. And when you're struggling, the anxieties of your six wing can cause you to lose focus, become scattered, and even doubt yourself. So give us some examples. We'll go back to you, start off with you, Melissa. How does your six wing maybe show up in unhealthy ways? Yeah, I think my f- sometimes my first instinct, especially with my young adult kids, like there's something terrifying about releasing your kids into the world. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, Beth and Jeff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No, they're great. <laughs> they're great. They were right? awesome. I never have to. They work for us, and I'm still concerned about their employer. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, our son um, – married, has a kid, like, I mean, fully an adult. And I know all of these things and is buying a house and like, didn't really loop us into the process. And so when I thought about it, like everything, like all the six came out, I was like, 
I mean, we could have come to the home inspection. Why didn't you talk about this to mom? Like, you're young. You've never done this before. We've done this so many times. You should have asked mm-hmm. us what if, you know, and then it's like, what if, what if this house like, yes, is ter- like, what if you waste yeah. all this money? What if this thing happens? What about this thing in your life? Did you think about this? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just awful. And it's definitely not, it is not the mom that they want by any stretch of the imagination. And I've gotten better at having those conversations internally with myself or with my husband and a little less with them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like six wing jumps out and is like, whoa, hold, you know, like, hold up, wh- wh- you know, sure. where's the checklist? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, do you like that part of your heart? Um, I, it feels very inconvenient to the seven and eight parts of me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, I think I appreciate it more. I think I appreciate it. Like Marty was saying, you know, in terms of responsibility and some of those things, but, mm-hmm. um, the anxiety is not, yeah, it's not great. And I can, like, I can almost watch it like an outside, you know, like I'm like mm-hmm. watching it go down. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> pull yourself together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard because it's like, it it just keeps thinking. And because like, I go to a six when I'm under stress as a nine and it definitely like is so convincing of all the things that could go wrong. And well, I don't want that to happen. So I must alert everyone, you know, and we have to get this in line with what the best way or the safest way possible. You can't handle the world of a six. I can't. And you you show me all the time that I can't. You just need to get out of my neighborhood and go back <laughs> but, home to nine. Like, well, at the to, same time. I was trying to use the analogy of like, don't get on the roller coaster, right? Like stay yeah. on the platform. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, and this is what's so great about the Enneagram showing healthy to unhealthy, right? So we, your kids do want this part of you, but from unhealthy perspective, right? So they do want a mom that's going to say, Hey, you're an adult. And if you would like some advice, I would love to give it to you. Cause we've gone through this many a times. Here are a few like, um, overview ideas of what could go wrong, but I, it's up to you if you ask for help or not, you know, like, are you paying the right amount? What's the interest? Could you get a better interest? Like, you know, you could say that instead of what I would do when I'm really stressed is, oh my gosh, like, well, what about this? What about that? You know, like it just gets very frenetic. Yeah. Yeah. Frenetic, Mm -hmm. scattered. Could you email me your contract ASAP so I could go over it with a fine tooth? Yes. (laughs) So it's a both and, right? So they do want this part of you um, because they do want to know that their mom, their parents do care Mm -hmm. and are willing to step in and protect um, and to be reliable and trustworthy if they so choose to do it. So it's it's giving that option. And that's what I love so much about the Enneagram is like, oh, no, wait, that is a great part of me if I allow mm-hmm. it to show up in a healthy way. Well, and I'm curious too, Melissa. So you've got this, uh, and thinking through the lens of parenting. So there's this part of your heart that wants to be uninhibited, and to bring about fun and to enjoy your children and for them to enjoy their lives. There's another part of you that wants them to be independent, to have a strong yes and a strong no. And then there's another part of them to stay loyal, to stay connected, and to trying to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. That's a lot that's going on in that mommy heart. Uh, how how What words would you give to express how these different parts show up in your parenting and how do you manage that? Yeah, I think it's all comes from just a lot of self-reflection to even see all of that. Because I think in 
you know, five years ago, I, I couldn't have even put words to like the parts of it or how it was showing up. It was like kind of probably so disorganized. Um, but I think the other part is like going back to the core motivation, which is always so humbling. Right. And I mean, it's definitely about them. Like, I don't want them to go through things that, you know, like you want to protect them, but when it comes to motivation, like, honestly, like it's, part of it's because I don't want to have to deal like with the inconvenience to me. Like I don't want to have to deal with their big feelings about their, like when, when it goes wrong, like honestly, this kid, this one particular kid that I'm talking about will like handle it like a champ. If this, if, if they walk into a situation and five years later, like that wasn't great. Like it just happened again and again where he rolls with the punches and it actually doesn't even come back to me, but we also have kids where, their missteps do come back on like, help. And then I'm like, then I feel like, dude, we could have avoided this. Like the seven of me is like, I tried to help you avoid this, like, because I don't want to be in your pain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so like, this is a little bit about you. And this is a lot of it about yes. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Beautiful an important said. point about the Enneagram and parenting. Yes. A lot of parents want it to be about them. And so what what can I type my kid and what how do I parent them best? Mm-hmm. But the Enneagram's real gift is for parents yeah. to understand themselves and what is showing up because you're going to be way more present to your child's life mm-hmm. uh, with the work of understanding your Enneagram type and all of its connecting types. Mm-hmm. Well, Marty, what about you? How does the sixth part of your heart, we don't want to leave you out here mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> you know, talking about our unhealthiness uh, at six, but um, how does the six show up in your life in maybe unhealthy ways? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, From May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Yeah, I will say, I don't know, and you may resonate with this being an actual six, but it's that worst case scenario thinking, and it's just your mind is like just a dryer tumbling on every situation (laughs) that could happen. And for the life of me, I feel like maybe because I'm a seven, the logic just leaves and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, here's 10 examples of what could go wrong. And no matter what, none of those will be what actually happens. Like I right. can sit and prepare as much as I want. But eventually it might. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough Six would time. Say. 
but God's funny that way. And he's not like, helpful, oh, it's not going to be any of these that you prepared for. <laughs> yes. Now, what would be interesting, uh, Marty, so when you start to feel your mind starting to rev up and you know you're going down the healthy path, there's this seven part of your heart that wants to get out of the discomfort that that's bringing. So does the sick in some way serve as an activator for unhealthy part or habits of dealing with anxiety? Ooh. Yeah, I will say it's the seven is wanting to get out and it's like, okay, yes. we need to think through everything as fast as possible so we can maybe try to have solutions on deck. Mm-hmm. But the six can be really insistent of just wanting you to stay in that moment while the seven's like, we got to get out. We got to get out. Like, yeah. Right. But it's hard. I feel like it competes a lot. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, those two um, are very much competing and, and very much in conflict. I mean, obviously, when they're both healthy, they're they're supporting one another from different vantage points. But man, when we're not healthy, it is very like an internal battle, mm-hmm. you know, that's ensuing. And it's almost like that's that's when I would, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, go for it. I was gonna say, that's when I could turn to the like consumerism of the seven, like, oh, let's just go get something fun to eat. Let's just go get something fun Mm -hmm. to drink. Let's go talk to a friend. Let's get a distraction in place as fast as possible. But the six is still nagging like, hey, Mm -hmm. you're not free of this yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is being loyal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and I, and I think that's what you guys keep saying is to be able to, to step back or step out and observe, you know, yourself, you know, like what's happening really allows all of us to regulate our inner world better. And by being able to regulate those emotions and thoughts and behaviors, it allows us to have a more fulfilling life, which isn't necessarily happy, Right. Happy is one thing, but to enjoy life, to see the richness of life, to be able to wade through the ups and the downs. And when we're able to take a step out and go, you know what? Yeah, this is a hard season or, oh yeah, those things could go wrong. But if we're allowing ourselves to be in a healthier place, then when the six does say, hey, you know, something bad could happen here, that can actually be a really good thing for a seven. Like, oh yeah, maybe I should slow down a little bit, or maybe I should pivot a little bit more be more loyal or committed, whatever it is. So I think it's really good for us to be able to have this vocabulary of the different parts within us so that we can bring in the healthier aspect of, for you guys, the eight and bring in the healthier aspects of the six to balance out the beautiful um, qualities of the seven. Having so much experience being with sixness, um, I will say one of the ways that has profited me the most is giving attention to that part of my heart. So it's not turning away or trying to distract, but it's turning towards. And one of the images that comes to mind, um, I forgot, what's the name of that alien movie? <laughs> well, there's a lot of them. Um, with Mel Gibson. Oh, Signs. Signs. And at the end of that movie, um, the son who has asthma, mm-hmm. but he gets sprayed by one of the aliens and... They're going to have to work through this without medication. And he grabs his son and puts him near to his chest and he says, breathe with me. And there is a part of this childlike sixth part of our heart that wants wants peace. It's trying its best in its own way. But there I think there is a way that kind of like the 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 highest 
healthiness of a seven that can sit in the midst of sorrow but do so with joy Mm -hmm. to experience the kind of dialectic of life of you know that it's better to be um mourning uh than at the party yeah but there's an opportunity for the seven heart to sit with the six. It's not going to consume you. It doesn't have that much energy. But if we attune, all of a sudden we start to realize it'll calm down and breathe to our rhythm. Yeah. And as we kind of talk about bringing the two sides together, because we're, we're also talking about the eight. So in order to observe these parts, we actually have to slow down. And that's sometimes an impossible task for not just the seven, but for the eight and the six. So the seven that's sitting right there in the middle, that can be really tricky. And so taking time to be still, to journal, to process, you know, however it works good, you know, for people, sometimes it's a walk, sometimes it's actually journaling, or maybe even speaking into your phone on a memo, you know, maybe writing isn't fun, whatever is fun, but also bringing to mind what's going on and to reflect the biggest thing for sevens is all about savoring the present moment. So anytime that you can be in the present moment and having gratitude, so much is going to come and so much is going to spill forth from that place. Is that, do you guys find that to be true? Definitely. What are some things that have helped you to kind of get to that space? I think it's when the anxiety of the six and then the intensity urgency of the eight I think that Mm -hmm. can cause some of that impulsiveness of the seven to like Mm -hmm. hurry and act and like get through it fast but I think being able to notice it and say okay committee like you need to you're not right you don't know Mm -hmm. everything like you're okay and telling the eight to calm down but also to be like I'm good where I'm at and just Mm -hmm. kind of like listing reasons why I am grateful for what I've had right now even if something bad were to happen, like just kind of taking a minute to slow everything down and be okay if I can't solve it within even 24 hours. Yeah. Just And what is the difference, do you think, because reframing is the defensive mechanism, what is the difference between reframing and bringing kind of a a sober reality, like a a mindfulness and savoring the moment? What, What do you think the difference really is there? I mean, I feel like the reframing is sometimes it's like grandiose. It's like Mm -hmm. too fluffy. But then that piece of being like, I am stressed, Mm -hmm. but I'm also thankful for what I have Mm -hmm. and being as real as you can and maybe like write down tangible things that you're thankful for and not just being like lofty with it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're like maybe it's just more grounded and authentic of both the highs and the lows and being able to see through all of it versus just looking at the positive. Would that be true? Yes. Absolutely. Melissa, what about you? Yeah, I think yoga has been really helpful for me because it's moving. So -hmm. it doesn't require like stillness, stillness, but it's kind of this like grounded, more intentional movement. And then as I practice that more, I was able to add a practice of centering prayer, which kind of also looks like meditation. So like stillness, silence. And I think that helps quiet the unhealthy parts of the six, right? Because there's this like rest of like, you can rest in God's providence, like you can be still, 
um, sometimes it invites the healthy parts of sex because it, it requires you to slow down. And so sometimes ideas and things that the seven and eight are running with in times of that kind of stillness, I'm able to wrap my head around, oh, like, what are the things you should be thinking about? Like, why why might this not be a great idea? Or what are the parts that you have to consider to continue to make it a great idea? Um, and yeah, so th- I think those two things. And then in terms of like that balance of reframing, I think writing, so I'm not a huge journaler, like, and certainly not like a super emotional feelings triad journaler. But um, one, I, gratitude journaling didn't do it for me because I think sevens are naturally grateful. And so it's it's almost like too easy to have a gratitude journal. You're like, oh, what am I grateful for? Like, here's all the things. But writing down things that have happened in that day, almost just like a running tally and forcing myself to write down things that were neutral or not great and recognizing that they happened in the midst of all the good. Because sometimes it's easy in the reframing when you go to reflect on a day, a seven's like, oh, the day was great. And like all the good things come out. Like you can literally tell this tale of any day in like two ways, like, you know, from like a, you know, the half empty or the half full. And so I would tell it to myself and journal it and record it like it was all great. And the thing is, is it's not right. Like, and Mm so it's not that I don't want to be able to be grateful for the things, but it's also, you know, like there were whole Psalms in the, about lament, you know, like we also have, we can't not recognize that something disappointing Mm -hmm. happened or I had a feeling like a sad feeling about that or a disappointed feeling or a, you know, a hurt feeling. And so to just even recognize that those things happened uh, has been a really important practice, I think. It sounds like, like when you're describing that, it feels like I'm almost watching the movie Inside Out, you know, because Joy is like this quintessential type seven. And she's trying so hard the whole movie to get rid of sadness, you know. And then the end of the movie, what you see is them coming together and embracing both the joy and the sorrow of life and how it brings so much richness and beauty and depth. And so that's really kind of what I'm hearing from you. It's not like you said, yeah, sevens can definitely be positive, but you're, you're saying, no, let's go deeper and richer in the moment. And I love how you're entwining the reality of the day um, because it's not just about reframing. It's about experiencing all of life together. Yeah. On my really good days, I try to like put a feelings word with those things too. And I have to like get an Mm. actual feelings wheel out (laughs) to do it. (laughs) Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's really funny that you said yoga because yoga was also something I got into to like Mm. calm things down. And Mm. it it really did work. I think there's something there with that, like your body's moving, but your mind Mm. is getting hushed. And so I just thought it was so funny that you also said yoga. That's just like a funny like I, and it was hard for me to like doing it at first. Like it wasn't fun at first, but it helped. Well, the eight wing told me to go to like level two hot yoga. So it can't just be like regular <laughs> yoga. <laughs> right. Exactly. I didn't read the fine print and ended up in hot yoga and was dying because I was too busy just signing up and didn't know That's what I can do. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, Melissa and Marty, thank you so much for showing up with every bit of who you are. Uh, and it it's such a gift, not only to us, but also to all of our listeners. So thank you so much. 
Um, Melissa, where can people find out more about your coaching? So you can find us at theadoptionconnection.com. Uh, we're post adoption resources on Instagram. Um, so yeah, all the places. Fantastic. And Marty, about yourself, where can people find out more? Yeah. So I am, of course, on the YUC directory. If you search just Marty, my first name, I'll come up, but also Enneagram Coach Marty on both Instagram and TikTok. That's awesome. And just to let people know that that is myenneagramcoach.com. And then just type in Marty and you'll see her there. Well, remember, if you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram, head on over to yourenneagramcoach.com. If you want to take it further, be sure to head over to myenneagramcoach.com where you can find hundreds of coaches around the world uh, that can help you to take you to the healthy places that you desire. And for those of you who want to bless others by becoming a certified Enneagram coach, be sure to check out our uh, leading certification program at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash BEC stands for Becoming an Enneagram Coach. Yeah. And as always, remember that the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder, because it is the gospel that transforms us. Thank you guys so much for joining with us today. And the next episode, we'll talk about type eights and their wings.